Hello, welcome to Solomon's Cult. I'm drawing from The 48 Laws of Power, a bestseller written by Robert Greene. I picked Law 27, which is play on people's need to believe, create a cult-like following. Now, this podcast is less about believing things, although I might lay out a case for why you should take a position or at least think about it rationally and critically. It's more about having knowledge of something or at least being less purely skeptical or purely assertive in your beliefs. It's philosophic inquiry. It's, it's up to you to do the inner work to understand what's being talked about. And you're always in an existential position to accept and reject whatever you feel like without any sort of externalized pressure or fantasizable belief system that will guarantee some sort of closure and outcome to what it is you're supposed to base your identities or beliefs on. You know, when you think of temples, you think of religions, and religions have the same kind of structures as, as cults do. You have a certain set of beliefs that are unfalsifiable, that if you fulfill certain kinds of ends or believe certain things and act accordingly, you wind up with an attainment of some value that isn't in this world. So there's no way to verify it. You simply trust. And you see that there's a sort of a hierarchy laid out. You have a henchman of sorts, but you also have a hierarchy therein. You have your sidekick that's almost as powerful as you, but not quite, but he's ready to take over but never does and there's sort of a um, a glamorous vision on who's involved with the temple and what their position is and there's an ascension rank where you fixate on them and go well whatever he says that that's what I need to abide into because he's up there I'm down here and that's the dynamic and of course you have the enthusiastic leader or the the head of the cult or the the head of the uh, the one whose words have uh, ignited the movement who are the one who is completely bought into who who knows most there's a, a story or mythos or at least an idea getting peddled across. You need to create like a, a surrounding focal point for what's being said. Like your your propositions have got to be wild and out there and they've got to make people believe you and you got to have this charisma and it's supposed to give people a sense of, of right and, ca and cause and they have to have faith in that. And it's irrational, but somehow it seems like it makes sense. You got to give people rituals. There needs to be sacrifices made in their own lives or even outside of their own lives those without established causes or religions people who dabble in philosophy all the time and listen to podcasts maybe <laughs> these are the people that there's an insatiable need to sort of belong at least there's people who don't belong to a tight-knit community that has this unique purpose is a part of this organization that is universally promising and is the new tablet of of truth now with having power there's no longer a need to actively deceive people because if you build a following after you have planted the seeds of deception or maybe you're crazy and you're not trying to deceive anybody and you're you're just deceiving them because you're you're crazy about some <laughs> idea or what you're peddling across but at any rate the feeble minds will do anything for you you will build an ethos of a massive zeal and all the deficiencies that you have will be protected by this massive ethos and zeal it'll sort of politically almost take hold when people see the amount of followers it could be on instagram or it could even be a podcast you see how many followers people have it's like oh well, of course he's credible you look at solomon's temple like oh, it's only a, you know 
a few. He must not be that prolific. He must not be a really good cult leader. <laughs> and that's not my, my end, and maybe that's why I don't have all those followers, but you kind of see the point. Like, maybe you should avoid the zeal of massive opinion, but that doesn't mean that people don't have that sort of authority in their voice. I like to think that the authority in my voice is a little more pure. I'm not trying to pull one over on anybody. Although I do want you to sort of take in what I'm saying as a kind of authority. And I do have a Patreon <laughs> where I want donations to go. I don't want any, any amount in particular. And honestly, if I feel like I'm making more than I'm worth, I'll probably hand a lot of that money away to people who actually need it. So there are five major steps in establishing a cult-like following. When things appear simple and vague, that's where it fills in the blanks in the people's psychology. If you keep it vague enough, it's just out of reach, but if it's simple enough, it seems perfectly normal and of this world. People want simple solutions to the very complex things we witness in the phenomena of reality in general. They do not need to have a very laid out, strict, scientific approach. That's too much for, for the many, many people to get behind because it doesn't give them the comforts they want. When you introduce a sort of vague form, like, well, the law of attraction, if you don't need stuff, it starts attracting to you. But then again, people aren't wanting much or anything and they don't get anything, and then they want stuff and they still don't get it. There's just all sorts of instances. It's completely vague. Like, oh, so you don't wish anybody luck anymore? Because, well, they don't need it. They're not looking for it. So you wouldn't wish them luck anymore. You wouldn't do all the things that you usually do as kind of a, a rule. I think that maybe prayer or thinking of about something or, or desiring it or wishing to manifest something into fruition, you do it by attracting it actively. You don't just do nothing. All hail the magic conch. <laughs> you see that SpongeBob episode? Oh, that's the best. Magic conch, what do we do now? Nothing. <laughs> the shell has spoken. Sitting in the kelp forest and Squidward's like, we can't do nothing. You guys are crazy. We got to get out of here. Like actively do something to get us somewhere out of this kelp forest. And then they do nothing. And then this picnic supply company <laughs> drops their, their picnic supplies out of the sky. You know, it's just this serendipitousness. And in the end, Squidward's like, all hail the magic conch. <laughs> But yeah, I, I found this thing online where someone said like, once you stop wanting stuff or actively seeking it, it'll come to you. If, if it comes to you, that means you still want it in some regard. Like, well, I don't need it. And then you get it. It's like, well, do you want it anymore? Like, do you, are you going to give that away? Because you, you don't need it anymore. Now you have it. It's almost like, well, then you wanted it all along, but now you don't need it. So why do you have it to begin with? Why do you? It was so confusing, but just kind of spiritual stuff like that I think is trash too. Emphasize the visual and sensual over the intellectual. This is an intellectual podcast. I mean, it's not formal. It's casual. I guess it's semi-intellectual. I don't know, but it's more intellectual. It focuses on dissecting the things themselves, trying to get to the essential components that make up our minds. But if you em emphasize a sort of visual, you keep people trapped in this, well, signage, I guess, this sort of uh, flashiness. It, it just shows itself as such, and that's the perfect way to keep someone trapped in illusion, because you just have one hand over here while the other hand's busy doing something else or something like that. And then sensationalism, you know, sensuousness, all these things, you, you, you fixate points of view, like even on the news, I think this is like the perfect thing for like Fox or CNN or something like that. You just show visuals of certain things, you omit others, and you sensationalize with emotion what you're, what you're talking about. 
and it makes people less bored it makes them more charged up and they're they're less skeptical on the ways they're thinking because the emphasis isn't on critical thinking or even if you have established a sort of well filled in mindset the idea is to sort of gaslight that and fill them in with doubt you know appeal to some visual thing that isn't what they've immediately come to realize and appeal to far off places like way in the east or oh this is from some temple in an obscure part of india who you know we are like these people therefore you must believe that we're really on to something and have a real authentic sense of belief and experience that you just aren't capable of comprehending ending in your in your western everydayness dress up look awesome get people to think that you're awesome when you're not the third step is to borrow forms of organized religion and the structures that they employ towards the group create hierarchies fixate on people make them subservient to different roles and they will stand in awe or stand in reverence towards whoever is fixated on rather than just being you know some, some guy named gerald that went to washington high school and was on the, the chess team briefly and played tennis or something you want to create a sort of glow on the kind of status you have rather than being really essentially a part of an everydayness even though you do have some kind of achieved status perhaps like within a within a church or even if if you're a talking head or have studied philosophy i mean people have credentials and everything and they have special talents and all not to say that there isn't some credence to be given to certain people for different reasons there's obviously been some sort of interaction in their own life some some dream and manifestation of their own but in the form of some kind of quackery or at least if there's some weight behind the things that they're saying is still given in the form of locking in people's following creating this strong political sense this strong imagination of what you are and how you belong people who are a part of religion are strongly and thoroughly built in to their communities which we'll sort of go over in the fifth step but now the fourth step is to disguise your source of income donate to solomon's temple patreon.com forward slash solomon's temple i'm not hiding anything feel free to do that if you'd like see but in a cult-like following you don't want your followers to think that the money you're making is coming from their pockets where i have no issue saying yeah it's from your pocket to donate to me so i could have this podcast and be compensated for all the time and resources i've poured into making all these episodes you know from an early place building on my foundations to where i am now but what the cults do is they make it seem like it's a result of their methods that they're well that's where they got their wealth it was just a result of their methods and if you follow me well naturally you're going to mirror the leaders in the fifth step there's an us versus them dynamic that is set up where anyone against the nature of your belief system can be described as a, de de a deviant force someone is out there ready to ruin you believe the evil is afoot well, you see, you know, there's an infidel somewhere, right? Outside of your religion or, or somewhere outside of your country. Maybe there's a scapegoat you're pointing at. Beware of these people. Ooh. And of course, of course, this creates a sort of a political ethic around fear. You love your in-group so much. Don't let these people come in and tear down the biz, baby. Now, in Robert Greene's book, There is an Observance of the Law, a Milan man named Francisco Bori, Francisco Giuseppe Bori, claimed to have had a vision. He was visited by the archangel of Michael, appeared to him in that he was chosen to be an army for the new pope, to revitalize the world. His claim was that he could see into people's souls and who was worthy, and that he could change base metals into gold. So he was like an alchemist. 
he was into mysticism and the occult and now there is something to this you can process your thoughts bring them from a lower standard of thinking and then process go through a process you can look up the seven hermetic principles i'll probably do a podcast on that for sure but it's achieving philosophic gold. You know, you start at calcination, you burn away the dross within your mind, all the negative, blind, angry, things that create fates that, that are evil beyond the sight of what would ordinarily be something more exalted if you had known better, but you don't. So it's sort of like this kind of evil out of ignorance or like this bad way of thinking because you haven't dealt with the feelings you have had because you haven't put these feelings and thoughts into a context of understanding and that's why they hurt or maybe it's just trauma and it gives you these bad states of mind but you sort of go through the next process and you wash away these things once you identify what they are and i'll probably explain explain it in the future but ultimately that's kind of what it is but he made it literal and he created this following and he banged around europe kind of like timothy larry like turn in tune in and drop out or something like that but more in an occult way and he and he got this uh this following you know promising people all these different kinds of things like you will become a pure being which in some sense may be true but he in essence you know started to inform people that yeah once you become this spiritually enlightened being you'll be able to do whatever you want to do it'll happen before you and you will have immense joy whenever you want and he would start labeling people as like his excellency and a universal doctor and give people these labels like ah oh, i've i've i meant i have a new title you know i'm this new glowing entity with a title and of course the church got you know a hold of him in the italian inquisition and, and they were like well this guy's practicing witchcraft and he of course played the victim you know how many people understood jesus so you pulled that one like oh well you just don't do not understand me this is just the state crashing down on me but in this turn it's it's the church doing it instead he created this sort of outward boogeyman like donate to me we're gonna find the actual philosopher's stone almost like the ark of the government or covenant or something let's go crash around and try to find this thing fund our holy campaign it's almost like they created like this treasure hunt sort of thing in order to manufacture more people's supports and i and it was uh, queen christina of of sweden <laughs> one of the wealthy believers in his whole occult prowess and everything so crafty and he was a 27 year old guy i think at the time he started doing doing this so it was immediate they, they wanted to hear something romantic not not coming from hard work or lots of reading and learning and reflecting and and doing and manifesting and all these things you know they just want to indulge in a, a source of change that's just wrapped in this this colorful free-flowing garb and people like to mirror the effect of a, a messiah green points out in his interpretation that it's that you always want to aim high the bigger and bolder your illusion the better better to have a greater vision for what you're indulging people in than a greater set of rituals or established customs that you're building into your whole movement and you got to be a sort of social comedian you got to help people of other means or of a completely different persuasion to sort of have them mirror you because you relate to them as well so it's a giant sociological project and it has a political implication but you got to appeal to a sort of otherworldliness to it you want to indulge people in in crazy stories now it's not to say that the story of that person that came up to me and threw me on the ground psychically ain't true because it is it's up to you to believe that but you know i'm not lying to you you know <laughs> I could lie to you and say stuff like that, and it would generate probably some power for me, because that's an interesting story, isn't it? But 
you kind of get what I'm saying. I'm not, you, you have to believe some people because really there's just some people that aren't pulling your leg on some of these matters. There just isn't. That's up to you to trust. So you see, in some sense, you do have to believe some people. It's up, it's up to you, I suppose. But like I laid out before, I'm not trying to pull one over on you. How do I ground this in fact? Well, I've studied philosophy for years. It should seem like my best intentions are, are, in, are in, in mind for you. I, I am in fact claiming, yes, I, my wealth that I generate from this, if any, is from your pockets. <laughs> and I'll, I'll explain what the Philosopher's Stone is supposed to mean, rather than create this um, this strange, oh, I, you know, I have this, this system and I'm here to show you the way in this regard, follow me, you know? And then there's this allure or sort of state of becoming the most excellent form of ourselves that you can be with like this material allure. Like just saying lead and then gold, it's like, oh. Like it grounds in a sort of material, like lead so poisonous and gold is pure and shiny and gold. <laughs> Something about that. And yeah, I'm not elusive about anything I'm pointing to. I'm, I'm pretty direct pointing and, and to, the, to the point. I'm not sending anyone on wild chases. And I think just hearing, you know, the pleasant sounds and, and, and doodads and maybe even the wonderful equipment and, and things people are using to create this vision that the podcast is so incredibly great. Look at our, our studio production. And I'm just kind of doing it on a more basic setup and I don't even have an entering theme song or nothing. I'm just, welcome to the temple. All right, this is what we're talking about. Let's do it. Boom. <laughs> you know, so I don't even have the bells and whistles to create an atmosphere of alluring you. But ultimately, I think just bare bones, you know, just is what it is with me. I'm probably pretty easy to trust. I'm not pulling one over on you or nothing. But yeah, okay, I'll see you next time, followers. <laughs>